we um, continue this series about having the heart of Jesus. You know, we kind of snuck a little stewardship uh, in, in those messages, and we'll hear a little bit more about generosity too. But, you know, the, the whole point is to have us have the heart of Jesus. Remember that? And we talked about that that very first uh, Sunday in the series. We, we, we recalled that Jesus described his heart as my heart is lowly and gentle and therefore available and accessible uh, to the needs of, of the world. And, and then we, we heard about, you know, where we spend our treasure, where we give of our offerings. And that doesn't mean you're offering things to the church. It's your offerings that you spend your money on. Whatever that is, that's where your heart's going to be. So, you know, we have to be cautious where, where our treasure is because our heart's going to follow right after that. As John Wesley said, you know, I quickly let go of my money because otherwise it's going to find its way to my heart. And then uh, we, we shared about our friend Zacchaeus. You all remember him, that wee little man, and how he had a transformation of his heart, and therefore he became generous. And we talked about that. And you all have responded very generously, by the way, uh, to, the, uh, to the stewardship campaign. We're uh, over 50% right now, which isn't bad, but we you know, got ways to go. But I know, uh, I know God's going to continue to work through, through your generosity. As we're talking about our heart, we're, you know, we're going to discuss what it means to be heart healthy. You know, heart healthy. And, we, and when we hear that term automatically, uh, we tend to think about our ticker here, right? The, the, the organ that pumps our blood throughout our body. And we've heard all sorts of things about how to be heart healthy. You know, it's about getting out and getting plenty of fresh air. It's about getting plenty of exercise. It's about eating food that only tastes like cardboard, right? You know, that, that's what it means to be, be heart healthy. And, and there was a, a, an older gentleman who uh, lived a long, long time, and he, he stayed in great health, and, and he, was, he was a cowboy, and he, he had uh, kids and grandkids, and, and, and one of his grandkids came and said, now, Granddaddy, I want to hear from you how you have stayed so healthy all your life. I mean, you're over 100 years old, and you're still alive and going strong. He said, well, it's quite easy, sonny. The secret to long health is I put a teaspoon of gunpowder on my cereal every morning. It, it's good for the heart. It unclogs the arteries. It, 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 it's what I do every morning. It keeps me healthy. Well, this old cowboy lived a year or two longer and stayed in pretty good health, but he finally died, leaving behind four children 17 grandchildren, 21 great-grandchildren, and a 50-foot hole at the crematorium where he was buried. <laughs> yeah, we, we hear all sorts of things about heart health, don't we? You know, and it's hard for some of us to stay heart healthy, isn't it? The country spends literally billions of dollars that people spend all sorts of time and resources to keep our hearts healthy. But how much more important is it to keep what the true heart, as the Bible describes it, even more healthy? I like what Oswald Chambers says about the heart. When you want to describe what the heart is in biblical terms, use the word me. Me, the center of who I am, me. That's what the heart is, according to what we read in Scripture. 
So that is why it is so important that we stay heart healthy. Let's look at a few passages of Scripture that talk about this. Um, First of all, we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 6, just verse 45. Jesus said, The good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And then we read about some women who had their hearts transformed in Luke chapter 8. And here's what it, it says about them. Soon afterwards, Jesus went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with them, as well as some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chuzza, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. And one other verse. Above all, guard your heart, for from it flows the wellsprings of life. Proverbs 4, 23. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, we, we talk about having a healthy heart, don't we? We, we? we talk about what it means to have our hearts in line with God's grace. And what happens to us when we first come into a relationship with Christ, we have our hearts converted. Paul describes it as having a a circumcision of the heart, meaning that our hearts are brought into line with the will of God. Or or as the great hymn, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing says, Tune now my hearts to sing thy praise. It's getting our hearts within to the rhythm of grace. It's having ourselves remade, uh, tuned to the will of God, beating within the rhythm of God's love and grace. Several years ago, I went to uh, the doctor to get what I thought was just a a routine checkup. But after they took my pulse and my blood pressure, uh, the doctor said, sit down, you're not going anywhere. We're going to call the ambulance and take you to the emergency room. I said, wait a minute, I don't feel that bad. So she, she said, something's going on right now with your heart. We need to get the ambulance to, to come get you. And I, I said, listen, the emergency room's just around the corner over there. I'll just walk to it. She said, no, I'm not letting you do that. So she called my wife and took me to the emergency room to uh, have me wait there for a long time because my heart was out of rhythm. They, they put an IV in to give me some medication to get my heart starting to beat right. And I waited there a long time in that small emergency room, which was quite open, of course, as a small town. And I knew everybody, so I was waving at folks. A lot of excitement happening. That, that a guy got bit by a snake. That got everybody's attention as they're waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, after being in the emergency room six or eight hours, at nine o'clock at night, the, the doctor said, we're afraid you're going, we're going to have to do uh, something kind of drastic. I said, what's that? We're going to do a cardio inversion. I said, what's that? And she said, we're going to have to shock your heart to get it into rhythm. 
So they called in a nurse anesthetist and they were going to put me to sleep. And I, the last thing I remember is someone saying, look, he's praying. He said, you bet your life I'm praying, you know. <laughs> but while I was asleep in La La Land, they got my heart back into rhythm. Beating the way that God intended my heart to beat. Well, y'all... That's what God does for us in Jesus Christ. He retunes our lives, retunes who we are into the rhythm of God's grace and love. He is getting us back to what he intended us to become from the very beginning. And the shock is the death of his son on our behalf. And so y'all, That's what happens when we first encounter Jesus Christ. We are brought back into the rhythm that God intends for us to live. But as we well know, it's so easy for us to get out of shape, isn't it? To not become heart healthy. There's so many things that distract us. That's why Jesus talks about this in the parable of the sower. Y'all remember that parable, don't you? parable, don't you? You know, Jesus describes it this way. He said, a sower went out to sow and cast the seed of the good news of the gospel into the hearts of all sorts of different type of people. There's a heart of, of one, one classification of folks that they're so hard-hearted that the seed never even took. And there are some that when uh, the heat of hardship came, they gave into fear and, and that seed died away. And then he's, he describes some that they accepted joyfully this message of, of the gospel but because but because of the cares and concerns of life the, that seed was choked out and that heart uh, was led astray but then he describes this heart that's healthy and stays connected and it bears fruit 30 60 even 100 times what was first planted within it you see, we have to do things to, as Proverbs says, guard our hearts to make sure that we are heart healthy and stay in line with the good news that has been implanted within us in Jesus Christ. So what are some things we can do to be heart healthy? It's kind of like having our ticker healthy, right? What are we feeding ourselves what are we feeding our hearts? We, we know that if we eat hot dogs all the time, we're not going to be heart healthy, right? We know that if we let the garbage that is out there in the world, that is on the televisions, on the internet, if we tune into all that, if we get ourselves wound up by all the things that we read on, in the news, soon our hearts can grow cold and grow bitter. That's why we got to feast upon the word of God. We've got to be daily attuning our hearts to what God says to us in this gift given to us called the Bible. The shocking thing, if you look at the statistics, though, of people who say that they are active Christians, I'm not, just, I'm not talking about the folks that just, you, you say, well, you know, I believe in Jesus and, and aren't really followers of Christ. They just kind of have this, you know, th- this intellectual scent, uh, scent to that Jesus was around. I'm talking about folks that say that they are followers of Christ. 
Less than 50% of the people who go to church on a regular basis say that they read the scripture on a systematic basis and a daily basis. Less than 50%. And our older generation does a much better job than our younger generation. Wow. That's pretty, pretty telling statistic, isn't it? Is it any wonder that our faith in the churches in our nation are so anemic? Now, I know sometimes it's hard to understand things in the Scripture, but I, like Mark Twain, am not bothered by the things I don't understand. It's the things that I understand that really bother me because they show me how I have strayed away, how my heart has been lured away. Is it any wonder then that we who are followers of Jesus Christ and not attuned to the word that God has given to us, is it any wonder that we feel so weak in our faith? Can you imagine having this type of life that you, only, you come, to, come to the dinner table once a week and then don't eat the rest of the week? I, I think we'd be pretty malnourished, wouldn't you? Now, I'm no medical expert, but I imagine you might even die if you only ate once a week. Well, same with our spirits. If we're not feasting on what God says to us in the word that he has provided to us in Scripture, then is it any wonder that our hearts grow frail? So we have been given a great gift in this church. Laura Paget has developed a daily reading Bible program that if you go to our church website or look at the newsletter, you can see that there's scripture verses for you to read every day for the next month. And what, what she has brought to us is something that came out of her own journey. She was struggling, you see, after her, her mother died, and she discovered this wonderful method of taking a scripture verse, just one verse, and underlining the promises and underlining the, the, the challenges that God gives to us and she said this, it's something truly amazing to write down what our almighty father has given to us in his word. Write down words that are inspired by our almighty father in a notebook and claiming those promises and, and receiving those challenges. That's a gift she has given to you, her fellow brothers and sisters in this congregation. Feasts on the word grow strong in what God is saying to us as we listen to his challenges but also receive his promises because as we do so our hearts grow stronger and we are relieved of something that shows that we have a weak faith a weak heart we're relieved from fear the apostle Paul says to us, be anxious about, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayers and petitions, with thanksgiving, make your requests be known to God and then hear the promise that he gives to us and the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will what? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. How often are we praying? How often are we lifting up our concerns, our petitions, our requests to God about not only just things in our lives, but things in the world? 
We get so overwhelmed by concerns in the world and what we read in the news. Well, are we praying about those things? I think you've heard me say this before, but I'll repeat it again because it's such a shocking statistic. How many minutes a day is the average Christian in America praying? Do you all remember me saying that? Have I, I think I've said this here. Do you all remember? Oh, gosh, I, I, y'all flunked the test. One minute a day. Now, what type of relationship would you have with your husband, wife, your children, if you just said for one minute a day, let's talk? Is it any wonder that our hearts are so filled with fear and out of that fear comes anger and bitterness and worry and we act out of that fear and causes such division in our churches and in our nation and in our world. A heart that is healthy is freed from all fear. And we get freed from fear as we pray through the scriptures and take everything to, to God. Does it mean those troubles go away? Heavens, no. But we see them with a new perspective because the eyes of our heart enable us to see with faith. So, we feed ourselves, our hearts, uh, on the, feast on the word of God. We get our hearts strengthened and, and made uh, whole through our, our prayers. But we also have to do some things to make sure that we stay together. For you see, we can't do this alone. And I know in this time of pandemic, it, it's been hard. And I thank everybody who's tuning in online and, and, and when you feel comfortable, I encourage you to come uh, to worship in person. But we need each other in this. We need to be together in this. The book of Hebrews says, do not neglect the fellowship that has become the habit of some, but come and hold each other and be together with one another to encourage one another. And then some of the sternest warning of all scripture follow afterwards where it talks about the judgment to come who let their hearts be led astray. So we hold each other up in love. We need one another. Now, let's get back to this exercise routine, this holding, getting our physical tickers in shape. I don't know about you, but I do better with an exercise routine knowing that someone's going to be there and hold me accountable. I've been wanting to play pickleball around here, and until Addie Bobbitt and, and Mickey Klein just kept, kept getting at me, uh, I finally showed up, and there was old Mickey there, and I knew if I go every Friday, Mickey's going to be there holding me accountable to go play. When I was running a lot, I did a lot better when I had my running partner, Jack Hennon, there in, in Dothan, Alabama, running together. We were running many miles together. I did better, you see, knowing that someone was going to be there to support me and hold me accountable. It's the same with us. We need one another. You heard in the, the text that I just read from, from Luke 8 that did Jesus do this ministry by himself? No. Right. He did not. He gathered together a group of disciples. And with those disciples were these women that supported him. He went out and proclaimed the gospel with other people. He modeled what it meant to live life together. 
we've got to do that as well. We cannot live this faith alone. That's why we need each other. That's why we need the church. And the question I would ask you is who is your heart accountability person or persons? Who is your, for me, my Jack Hennon, my running buddy, or, or Mickey, or Addie that got me to play uh, pickleball? Who's, the, who's that person? Who are those persons in your life? We've got to have them. Otherwise, it's so easy for our hearts to be led astray. We need each other to be heart healthy. And just like we need to exercise our bodies to stay heart healthy, we need to, to exercise our hearts too. Prayer is an exercise. Prayer is an exercise. It's not only something that, that gets us uh, the nourishment and the peace that we need, but when we dare to pray against the forces of wickedness in this world, we are exercising faith. When we dare to see that this church can do far more than we ever thought of or dreamed of, we are exercising our faith. Prayer is a form of exercise, but also we've got to see that we've got to put feet to our faith. We've got to go out and serve. And some are serving in this church, uh, honoring God and serving God in and through this congregation. I think about those volunteers that show up every week to work in the office. Some even bring in us coffee. We, day after day, hear, hear these volunteers coming in. I think about our, our ushers and our greeters that, that are, are, are greeting people. Think about the, the many folks that are putting together the Thursday night dinners and, and delivering the meals out to people. Think about our praise band. Thank you all again, praise band. Just, just so wonderful. They're, you're, all over the, you're all over the congregation. Anyone up there? Okay, they're all gone. All right. They're, they're, yeah, think about it. And our choir members. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on about how we, how people are exercising the faith in and, in and through this church. But, you know, God calls us to, to go even further, to expand our, our heart health by reaching out into the world. And I know some folks are doing that in the, in, in the wood ministry, the firewood ministry, and not only chopping the wood, but delivering it out there. And, and, and people are, are, are going out into the community and, and taking meals to folks. Some have been going on mission trips. Welcome back, Carolyn, uh, from, from Redbird Mission. We're so excited about that. But God calls us to expand our hearts out into the needs of the world and to, to share our faith. Because that is a true, true expansion of our heart. That's truly exercising our heart. That, that's like becoming a marathon runner. You know, we, we're really exercising them when we share our faith. On Friday, I was playing pickleball, and I got partnered up with a lady, and she heard that I was new to the community. And she said, I'd like to invite you to my church. <laughs> I said, I'd like to, ma'am, but I'm the pastor at the United Methodist Church. I don't think I ought to attend. I could get in a little trouble. But she had the right idea. She was exercising her heart. By sharing her faith. That's what God calls us to do. To share our faith. To exercise our hearts. To strengthen them. As we, as we work together. And, and generosity is a way to exercise our faith. Generosity is a way to do that. We, we see that in those ladies that, that we read about in Luke's gospel. 
You know, God changed their heart. Jesus Christ, their Savior, was able to heal them and cure them and, and relieve them of what was oppressing them. And you see what they did? They were generous. They supported the work of proclaiming the gospel. They supported Jesus and the disciples. They, they were generous in their giving, a way to exercise faith. Y'all know what today is? Anybody? Anybody know what today is? I knew you're all going to say that, Halloween. Well, it is, but what it really is in the church, this is Reformation Day. Did y'all know that? Today, 504 years ago, Martin Luther went to the church at Wittenberg and nailed the 95 Theses there on the door, starting the Protestant Reformation. And it's so amazing, isn't it, that this monk was transformed. He had his heart changed. And Luther describes the transformation that happens that, that, that makes us wholly healthy. He said, these conversions have to happen for us to be truly followers of Jesus, to be heart healthy. He said, the first conversion is of our heart, the center of our being, which converts our mind, our way of thinking. But he said the third conversion is our purse, where we show our faith by what we offer in our tithes and offerings in our service. See, Martin Luther was a man who was changed, had his heart converted from a heart of fear to a heart of faith. And that's what God longs for us, for all of us to be heart healthy. Why is this? I mean, why is this? I mean, because, because, you know, why would why God be so concerned about this? Well, of course, he loves us and wants us to, to experience his abundance. But I like what St. Irenaeus said back in the second century. He said, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. See, y'all, when we have our hearts made healthy, when we are living as God intends us, fully alive, free from all encumbrances of sin and worry and doubt and fear, God is glorified. And as God is glorified, the world is drawn to him. Think about our hearts, our tickers, what pumps our blood. Think about those. When we get those right, when, we, when they are heart healthy, it's amazing the benefits for the rest of our body, right? We, you know, uh, we may be losing a few inches in our waistline, you know. Uh, we might even start to get some guns here because we're exercising a little bit. You know, we're able to climb those hills out there and around us a little easier because our heart is, is beating better. We look better. We even think better as the blood flows into our brains. It's amazing, isn't it, how we change physically as our hearts get more healthy. It's the same with us at the core of who we are. As it becomes more healthy, we're formed more into the image of the one who has made us. And we become more like Jesus the one to whom it is said is the image of God, the image of the living God. 
There's an old Jewish legend that says that before every human being, there goes an angel that says, behold the image of God. Behold the image of God. Behold the image of God. Turn to somebody next to you and say that word. Behold the image of God. Boy, you're the least enthusiastic crowd I've ever heard of in my... This is great news. Behold the image of God. There's some enthusiastic people over here. You all need some work, okay? <laughs> We're going to stay afterwards and sing in you know, that song where he had to stand up, you know, stand up, sit down. You know that, 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 those, that song that was saying children? Never mind. Uh, see, they're laughing. You're not, you know. <laughs> you all stayed up too late to watch the Braves last night. That's what these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Behold the image of God. May our hearts be so attuned to the, to the rhythm of grace that when people see us, they truly see the image of God in us. They see Jesus in you. That's what it means to be heart healthy. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.